Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, October 15th, 2020. What do the Red Wings have in Bobby Ryan? What do they have in Vladislav Nemestikov? What do they have in former Vancouver Canuck Troy Stetcher? I'm your host, Detroit sports writer Nolan Bianchi. I don't have the answers, all the answers to those questions. Uh, I can't go back and watch every bit of game film from the last couple of seasons. However, there are some people who have already done that work for us. We've got two great guests for you guys today. Ross Leviton from the Locked On Senators podcast. We also have Samantha CP from the Area 51 hockey podcast and the broadcast podcast. Ross, of course, will talk to us about Bobby Ryan, where he has spent the last few years of his career, and Nemestikov, who uh, spent a, a little bit of time in Ottawa last season, was a little bit of a rental for them before they uh, shipped him off to Colorado, but he had a very productive stint with the Senators, so we're going to talk to him a little bit about what to expect uh, in that regard. And then with Samantha, we kind of go into somebody who gets a little bit overshadowed in Vancouver. Obviously, the emergence of uh, Quinn Hughes, some of the other big guys that they've had there for a minute. Uh, Chris Tanev, who also left to go to Calgary. Alex Edler, Tyler Myers. Uh, and Troy Stetcher is somebody who has, as you'll find with Samantha tells us, he's somebody who has always started the season with low minutes and then has always earned himself more minutes. And I think that's something that's a quality that a lot of you Red Wings fans out there uh, are going to like, because he's a super fun guy, super fun personality. And he's also a heck of a lot of fun to watch out on the ice. And I think in a more enhanced role uh, after talking to Samantha, I'm really excited to see what he can do in a Red Wings uniform next season. Who knows how much responsibility uh, he'll get right away, but with the way that this defense has held up over these last couple of seasons, I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see him get a considerable amount of time. Uh, tomorrow, we've got How Do You Feel About It Friday. We're going to keep it light. We're going to do first segment Red Wings, second segment rest of the NHL, third segment open it up to be about anything we want. You know the drill by now. Rate, review, subscribe. We're going to have a ton of fun. You're not going to want to miss it. That is uh, all I got for you guys today. Enjoy the conversation with Ross and Samantha, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. All right, we are now joined uh, by Ross Leviton from the Locked On Senators podcast. I probably should have asked him if that's how he pronounces his name before he went on air, but I just kind of winged it. I hope that's how you say it. Ross, welcome to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Hey, pleasure to be here. I'm still mad you guys took Lucas Raymond at four. I was hoping he would slide one more spot, but hell of a draft for Stevie Wine Company. I got to give you props on that. It's going to be fun to follow going forward. Well, that's uh, perfectly fine because I'm still mad at you guys for taking Timmy Stutzla at number three. So I think that's a fair trade-off. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I wouldn't have taken him at three. I'll go on the record of saying that. But when you have two in the top five, you can get greedy a little bit. But I'll, I'll settle for the top defenseman in the draft instead. That'll do. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, are you happy with that? Or did you want to take two forwards? 
No, I think going into it, I would have said two forwards. You look at how the Sens prospect system's built as well with the trade getting in Brandstrom. Shabbat's still 23. You've got Christian Willan and JBD at UND as well. But kind of interesting and going off being happy about it, Jake Sanderson's going to be paired with Jacob Bernard Docker, another Sens first-rounder at North Dakota. So I kind of like being able to watch them grow <laughs> together. They've got a chance to win the natty. And then sure enough, day two of the draft, Ottawa drafts another UND defenseman. So <laughs> half of the UND decor is a, a sense pro, a prospect, and then Shane Pinto up front. But uh, to answer your question, uh, it would have been very hard to, to piss me off in, in having two picks in the top five. Fair enough. Now I got to give you uh, some stick taps here because we did a episode before the draft. We kind of just asked each other, you know, a a bunch of different questions. One of them being who is the pick that nobody's talking about. That's most likely to jump up into that top 10. And because of my friend, Ross Leviton at the lockdown senators podcast, I said, Jack Quinn. Yeah, he did. And he went ahead of Marco Rossi. Wouldn't you know it. I turned out to look like a genius because I plagiarized your You're work. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, we're lucky enough because he plays for the Ottawa 67. So being a Sens podcast, I'm born and raised in Ottawa, although I'm uh, talking from the heart of enemy territory in downtown Toronto. But um, getting to watch Jack Quinn on a day, on a weekly or hearing about him, you just know the talent he has. And I was, uh, I can't wait to see him play with Jack Eichel. And now you look, maybe Taylor Hall on the other wing. Like that, that's going to be wild. But, Good enough for a 500 finish for those Sabres. Well, I, I should also note that the uh, the pick I made for team who's most likely to screw up their first round pick was the Buffalo Sabres. So I don't I don't know where <laughs> I don't know where I, I stand in, in wanting Jack Quinn to succeed. But yeah, you're putting uh, yourself in a corner there. <laughs> uh, but we got some we got some guys to talk to you about today because the Red Wings, Steve Eisman, very very active. In the first weekend of free agency, a couple of guys that he picked up, Bobby Ryan and Vladislav Nemestikov. Two guys, uh, Bobby Ryan spent the last couple of years with the Sens, Nemestikov uh, spending a shorter stint uh, in Ottawa. And we'll start with Bobby Ryan. He gets brought in uh, on a one-year, $1 million deal after uh, his cap hit in Ottawa was a little bit over $7 million. So what are the Red Wings getting in Bobby Ryan, especially at this price? Yeah, exactly. You mentioned it, right? You hit the nail on the head but when you said the price because uh, he de- never lived up to a $7.25 million player in Ottawa. His his era in Ottawa is, is so strange because he was brought in at such an inopportune time. The franchise just lost their icon. Daniel Offertson signs with, guess who? Talking to the right people for that. Well, Woo! what does, that what does Brian well. Murray do? He turns around. Actually, Ottawa won more playoff games uh, went out <laughs> yeah you gotta rely on something but um no because you, you had to do something a right wing it was mark stone wasn't ready to step up in that role yet and they were stuck so what do they do they turn around make the trade for bobby ryan he comes up big shoes to fill unfairly everyone's looking at him as the alfie replacement so that's tough to begin with then he gets his huge contract huge contract 7.25 cap hit seven year deal that he was ultimately bought out of the final two years of. You know when that was announced? The same press conference they gave Eric Carlson the C. So he's just intertwined with all these moments in sense oh, no. that, that kind of unfairly build him up. But what I will say, despite the underperformance, despite him breaking his fingers, I think, 20 times during his time in Ottawa, <laughs> he made his entire paycheck during the 2017 playoffs. And if you want to get Detroit Red Wings fans fired up, 
Go watch Bobby Ryan's highlight reel during that playoff. 16 points in 19 games. I believe he had four game winners, three of them overtime winners, including game one of the conference final where he made Oli Mata look like the slowest player in the NHL, beating him to the puck, backhand cheese on Marc-Andre Fleury. So, yeah, I think that that will be his everlasting legacy in Ottawa. Of course, there's the off-ice stuff with him battling his uh, his alcoholism that he's ultimately, I mean, it's a daily fight, of course. You never beat it, but he earned the nomination of the Masterton. He went to the NHL performance uh, or substance abuse program and came out seemingly a better person. He's always been loved in the dressing room. And that's where I'll end off kind of my, my monologue here on Bobby Ryan is this is the perfect guy for the young Red Wings to grow around. He's ultimately loved. Brady Kachuk loved him. Josh Norris. Um, all the young Americans, think about it. They grew up. He was the second overall pick behind Sidney Crosby. He's an Olympian for the United States. So you're looking at a guy who has some weight to what he says. And I think he's a perfect fit there for Detroit. And he seems – he's a hockey nerd. And the fact – don't think it's lost on him that he's playing for an original six team. I think he really takes that to heart, and he's going to take a lot of pride in that. Quick, I got to talk to you guys today about rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Listen, folks, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. Now, if you're somebody who likes to save money, who doesn't, then rockauto.com is the site for you. I said it, I, I've said it multiple times. Why would you choose to leave your house and go to a local chain store when you can go to rockauto.com and find everything you need in one convenient location, a remarkably easy uh, catalog to navigate. It's unique. It's got all the, pr- uh, all the best parts, all the best prices. Uh, instead of, you know, when you're pretty limited, when you go down to your local store, they only have one brand that the warehouse carries and you're extremely kind of, uh, putting a little bit of a hole because of it. But with rockauto.com, you're going to be able to see everything available for your car or vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. And best of all, like I said, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do it yourself. So why would you spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck? Just write lockdown and there. How did you hear about us box that they know we sent you? That's the only thing that we ask uh, for you guys in return for pointing you guys towards one of the best, towards the best uh, online auto parts store. That's it. Just, just go there. How did you hear about us? Locked on. Nolan and Ethan. They're great guys. Uh, they've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. One of the things uh, that they brought him in for, and I know Steve Eisman today in a press conference talked about his ability to play on the power play. What did you see out of him when he was given a chance in that PP1 role? He is a bigger body than people will give him credit for. Like over 210 pounds. He's like 6'3", even bigger on skates. And he's not afraid to park it right in front of the goalie. And obviously that role in Ottawa has been filled by Brady Kachuk these last couple of years. So he saw his role diminish uh, with the man advantage. Of course, you have to find a way to get your top paid player out on a power play. But he's usually on the second unit when he was there. Younger options, Anthony Duclair taking his spot at the right wing on the top unit. Obviously another free agent right now. But... Uh, when he is parked in front of the net, he's got great hands. He's got a long reach as well. So you're watching him tap in rebounds and really cause havoc in front of the net. So not the most physical player outside of the 2017 playoffs, but I think a lot of that can be blamed on, on his injuries. And, man, he, he's definitely gone through enough of them. But 
I think that's a situation, and Ottawa's banking on this for their players like Matt Murray and Erica Branson, who they brought in, that this long pause is letting these lingering injuries heal up. So I think that there's there's upside of, of 25, maybe even 30 points out of Bobby Ryan. And for a $1 million deal, like what more can you ask for, especially when he brings all these leadership qualities as well? How, how great was that three-goal game that he had on his first Amazing. game back? Amazing. Un- unbelievable. Yeah, and you're not expecting that at all. I mean, the guy had, what, three? I'm looking it up right now. Um, he had five goals all year, three of them coming in that one game. And the best part is, Ethan, those goals didn't come early in the game. The second goal was with three minutes left, and then he ices it with the empty netter. So two of the three goals come in the final five minutes. And I think he played maybe one or two games, but it was his first home game. So to do it in front of his home crowd, his wife was there with his young daughter as well. She's fired up about the Little Caesars, by the way. I'm sure you saw in his availability. <laughs> yeah, saw, so, yeah. yeah, just such a likable guy. And uh, I know everyone in Ottawa is cheering for him to succeed. Another backstory maybe Wings fans wouldn't be as uh, familiar with, Bobby Ryan used to be super active on Twitter like communicating with fans, doing all sorts of off-ice stuff with his social media or with uh, the team social media. He did a, uh, like, who's Bobby Ryan type thing where he'd walk around the streets of Ottawa. And uh, he's like, I remember that. Yeah. What do you think of that new senator? And uh, people would just be like, oh, I'm so excited. And then obviously they figure out that it's him. So he used to do all sorts of fun stuff. But then as the lack of production and kind of the pressure built around him, he just deleted his account and just went completely rogue. So that was really tough. And I think it's one of those things where in his recovery, this new change of scenery will be really good for him. Uh, Whether it's going to come in the form of production in in points, that's yet to be seen. I said what I thought the upside is, but just having him around on a day-to-day basis, I think it's going to be huge for guys like Philip Zadine, who plays the same position and all these, especially I'm sure you guys have young Americans coming up in the system too, and they look up to him. and, And there is something to be said about that. Uh, in in the terms of kind of the hierarchy of an NHL or and how much confidence does it give you and you hear Bobby Ryan say that he talked to a lot of teams but when he heard Stevie Y you didn't need to hear anything else yeah. so I think that's just such a great fit and uh, and I'm happy that that Bobby gets a fresh start here all right well we uh we have gone on enough about Bobby Ryan I would say let's move it on to Vladislav Nemestikov but I forgot that we, also, we have another guy we got to talk about too Cody Gulabuff Beth. Yeah, uh, sure. that, did, did, did I say that one right? Cody that one? Hey, throw Ooh. some respect. That's an Olympian we're talking about here. <laughs> 2018 Canadian Olympian boys. Oh my goodness. I don't, I don't think I, I actually saw him play an NHL game last season. I saw him play a ton of AHL games. Uh, my co-host Brandon Piller and I both work for the Belleville Senators. Uh, we're on the production team. Uh, so whenever we can, we go down. It's about an hour and a half drive to Belleville from where we are in Toronto. So we just have it like a field trip and it gives some credibility to the podcast, right? Saying that we're getting to see these guys day in, day out. So <laughs> I got to see a lot of Cody Golubeff down there. I don't know if he's a great NHL defenseman, but hey, at, at worst case, he's going to do some good things in Grand Rapids. Yeah, uh, actually, I, I, I got that wrong here. Actually, I had two games for the Detroit Red Wings last season. It was a minus Ooh. one. No, there you no, go. No points. Not that bad. Not that <laughs> yeah. bad on this team. I'd still take him over signing Cody Cece, still a free agent. Yes, Jonathan Erickson or Trevor Daly, or really the list goes on and on when you look at the 2019-20 Detroit Red Wings. Uh, But let's move on to Nemesnikov. Now, he's only with you guys for a pretty short amount of time. What did you like about him, and what are are the Red Wings getting? They're getting a PK1 guy. I think he had five shorthanded goals last year, if I'm not mistaken. It was definitely near the league lead. He's 
a stud. And I, I called him comrade kind of half jokingly, but he came in, did his job and left. Ottawa was short bodies. They had a few injuries at the start of the year. So they make a call with the New York Rangers. They trade a fourth round pick. They get him. He comes in, he plays in their top six for the better part of the season up until nearly the trade deadline, if not day of. And then you get a fourth rounder back for them. So it was a little tidy piece of business. You get um, a handful of games and I love what he brought. He was on, uh, we made a short list here uh, at Send Central on Twitter where we were saying who we wanted the Sens to chase. And there was Vladdy at number five. So uh, tough that he didn't come and tough that Taylor Hall shockingly didn't decide to come to Ottawa. Uh, even <laughs> but he did go to Buffalo. Which... <laughs> I know. So, hey, everything was on the table. I was saying to Pillar, I was like, I was expecting seven of that $8 million contract to be in signing bonus to just get him to Buffalo. But, hey, he must have a good relationship with Ralph Kruger from their days in Edmonton, uh, which was almost what I was banking on because DJ Smith was his head coach in Windsor when they won the Memorial Cup in 09. And it's ridiculous. I know it's off topic, but DJ Smith, has had his fingers over every Sens move this offseason. Somebody, one way or another, they had played for DJ Smith before. So I found it funny because that's what happened with our last coach. Uh, Guy Boucher was head coach and head scout uh, on the pro side. So, um, man, with Vladdy, I think that he is probably, and I mean, you might stump me if, you, if you'd say another name, but what I'm thinking between Troy Stetcher, between um, getting Thomas Grice in between the, the pipes and Bobby Ryan, I think the biggest of, of all four of those is Vladdy Nemestikov. Two-year deal, kind of a prove it, but still giving some respect. He made $4 million last year, so getting it half that cost, I think that's a huge pickup. Stevie Wise been doing some clean work. Well, then there's the aspect, too, of it, of like he said he's always wanted to play for the Red Wings. He said that – I believe he said this was the top team he always wanted to play for. And, I mean, obviously it makes sense. Uh, Slava Kozlov, his uncle – part of the the famed Russian five here in Detroit. Frankly, I'm just psyched that the Russians are coming back. And the, and you're picking uh, you're picking Russians already? I mean, you already had that in the 90s. I know. Well, we already had the Swedes, too. And then I, I was hoping it was going to be True. Germans. And then you guys took Stutzla. Uh, I can't remember who took Paterka <laughs> and Reichel, but... Uh, I couldn't believe Paterka was on the board, and you guys were probably hoping at 32 that he was going to be your guy. We, we were hoping was, at 33. Yeah. But that's, that's wild. And then we um, went Swedes. Yeah, I'm yeah like, you guys are going right back road. to Swedes. I think that that's already already settled. Uh, whereas Ottawa's just going to take any player that goes to North Dakota at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I don't know. Like Stevie Y, I feel like he, he's playing the long game. He had the most rope out of any GM. Whereas mm. with Ottawa, they're trying to get as many kids in on entry-level contracts, as sad as that sounds. So th- not once, but twice in this draft, they drafted 20-year-olds who are expected to just step right into the AHL. So just shows a bit of the different strategies that can go into drafting. Like in the second round, taking a 20-year-old is almost unheard of. Like you could just kind of sign him as a yeah. free agent. No, right. but this kid is nuts. <laughs> He's 6'4", Russian. He's playing at 230 pounds last year in the queue. Led the queue in goals. Crazy. Yeah, and the queue is not a defensive league. I used to live out in Halifax and – I got to watch Nikolai Ehlers, the, his two years when he was there. And these skill guys make that league look like a complete joke defensively, which is kind of like Jeremy Poirier is like the ultimate Q defenseman. <laughs> Ends up going the third round, but has the best hands in the draft. Like it's hilarious the way it works out with the different leagues. And that's why I think it's so important. Like Detroit has so many guys developing over in Sweden right now. And I think that's huge. Getting to play in the top league in Finland and Sweden that's so much better for their development than just dominating in the O or, or the Quebec league. I got to say, I'm really looking forward to uh, in a couple years when at the top of the 
Atlantic division, it's, it's the Red Wings and Senators battling for that first overall spot instead of the last spot in the league. Mannheim will be split, eh? Between Cider and Stutzel. <laughs> pick a side, pick a jersey. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're here with Ross Leviton. He is the producer of Maple Leafs Hockey uh, on TSN 1050 Radio, the host of the Lockdown Senators podcast. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter at Central. Anything else uh, you want to plug anywhere else that people can find you? No, no, same Locked On Senators. You can find wherever you get your podcast, just like Locked On Red Wings. We've got the whole crew going. The uh, the NHL network is kind of – it's crazy how we're still growing as, as a network despite in both our cases not having played a game in uh, 217 days. Who's counting? I might have it on the lineup updating every day, but it's uh, <laughs> it's it's sad. It's just going to make it that much sweeter when uh, when hockey does come back. And I think fans for both of our teams can say that having a shortened season wouldn't be the worst in this case. And – uh, I, I'm still coming down from the 2020 draft, but boys, I think we're going to have to break open the draft guide for 2021 here sooner <laughs> rather, rather than later. Fedorov gives him the business. Now, if you're anything like the average American, you know, working a full week, trying to have, you know, what we are allowed to have in terms of a social life, I can guarantee you that at some point during each day, you're going to hit a wall. Now that's different for everybody, but Bill Go wants to know what is your wall? Because Built Go is a healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. I got a package of Built Go shipped to my house a couple weeks ago. I've been using them right around 2, 3 o'clock. They've got 100 milligrams of caffeine in them, which is more than a Red Bull. Uh, they've got nice uh, amounts of protein in it. I believe 15 grams of protein. You can take it in a nice ounce and a half package. Uh, and the most important thing about that protein uh, is that it combines the energy gel of Built Go with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing. So it gets into my system fast and it is easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. They've got beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks me, kicks to keep my uh, to keep me going strong. Uh, also some B6 and B12 in there, 10,000% of your daily recommended value. Collagen promotes joint soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better, folks. Uh, there's not too many foods out there that can do that for you. So go to BuiltGo.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Let's go. All right, we are now joined uh, by one of the hosts of the Broadscast podcast, an Area 51 hockey podcast, and a Vancouver Canucks Twitter staple here to talk to us today about Troy Stetcher and what he brings to the Red Wings. Uh, it is Samantha. Samantha, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great, Nolan. Thanks for having me on. Now, we uh, had originally planned to record yesterday, and then you informed me it was Canadian Thanksgiving, therefore we postponed. Uh, but I do have to ask, you know, what, do, what, what did your meal look like yesterday? I'm an American, you know, we stick with the turkey, we stick with the gravy, the dressing, or the, uh, what do you call it, the stuffing, some people call it dressing. Uh, but what, what are you eating on your Canadian Thanksgiving? So you're going to laugh, I actually did not have a Thanksgiving meal yesterday. I'm in the interior of British Columbia in wine country. Um, oh. So we did wine tastings yesterday. Um, and yeah, it's actually my father-in-law's <laughs> 70th birthday. So we're doing Thanksgiving next week, but it will be turkey, ham, stuffing, all the good stuff. Perfect. All right. Well, we, uh, we do want to talk to you about a little bit of hockey. Uh, Troy Stetcher just signed a two-year $1.7 uh, million AAV 
deal with the Red Wings this season. And I noticed that Vancouver Canucks Twitter was pretty upset, uh, pretty agonized over seeing him go at that price. So let's start kind of with a general overview. What does Troy Stetcher bring to a Red Wings team whose decor was uh, maybe abysmal is, is a good way to describe it, but I think that might be understating it a little bit. Abysmal might be, you know, that's, that's a good word. Um, and, and you know what? That's frankly what the Canucks defensive core looked like for the last three years. So he'll fit right in. Um, Troy is, he's 26, five foot 10. So definitely on the smaller side. Um, but he is by far one of the biggest fan favorites for Canucks fans. Um, he has been able to steadily play from, you know, he broke in, from North Dakota was undrafted Richmond boy. So hometown boy here. And that's part of, part of the issue is that people really loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, in the four seasons he was here, he would always start every season with really low minutes. And then he was almost always up until this last season, able to play up his play, his way up the lineup to ni- about 19 minutes a night, I think was his average at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, I would say to be totally fair on that, on the Red Wings blue line, he's probably a solid top four, if not top two defenseman. Um, that's what he was on the Canucks. He was, he's a perfectly serviceable top four. If he's your, on a deeper team, he's probably a bottom pairing defenseman, but on that deal, that's great value. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's part of the reason why a lot of Canucks fans are super upset. He's an excellent penalty killer. Um, super underrated. Now, uh, when he broke into the NHL full-time in 2016-2017, he actually racked up a career high in points for a single season, 24 points on three goals and 21 assists. What does he do well offensively? He's not great offensively. Um, This past season, he had, I believe, 17 points, five goals, which is a career high, 12 assists. Um, he did better that first season because he had a lot more power play time on a much weaker defensive team. So part of that is deployment. So, you know, he probably will end up scoring more on the Red Wings because he'll be playing those minutes that mm-hmm. he wasn't getting on the Canucks. Um, you know, he's he's okay. He's not an offensive defenseman by any means. He's a two-way defenseman. He's got, he's pretty solid both ways, but he's not a standout. Now, uh, you just mentioned it. He's... 26 years old. I think that right now, uh, uh, something that Steve Eiserman has kind of uh, started to do, I guess, just a little bit since he came in as GM, and he's, he's plucked a couple of these players, you know, between 24, 26, guys like a Robbie Fabry, who he gets on a really, really good trade, one for one for Jacob De La Rose. Mm-hmm. Robbie Fabry comes in, and he has a really promising season. And then you start to say, okay, well, maybe Rob Robbie Fabry fits into uh, your core of the rebuild. Troy Stetcher, at only 26 years old, I think definitely has uh, – is, is potential – to be one of those guys where they bring him in a little bit younger and then they say, Oh, well, we might just keep this guy, you know, throughout the length of this. Is he somebody that you see could step in and become a core part of a rebuild? And, and ultimately where do you see him fitting in on a cup contending team? That's frankly, I think one of his strong suits is he has always been a character guy. He's really, he doesn't have, a, he didn't have a letter on the Canucks, but was really part of the heart and soul of the team. Um, he was always super vocal in, in the dressing room, always 
stayed after games to answer questions very much. I think if you take a look at any of the Vancouver media who are talking about him right now, to a man, everyone has said they were one of his favorite interviews. He would always give thoughtful answers, always take responsibility and was super generous with his time. So in terms of leadership and heart and those kinds of things that you're looking for, that's, that's all there. Um, and I think for a guy who didn't get qualified by his home team, who he has been very open about loving and cheering for his whole life, I think he probably comes in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and wants to prove that, you know, they made a mistake. Um, well, so for me, that I think that's a great thing for you guys. What do you, I mean, like part of this also too has to be, uh, a, I don't know the correct way to describe this, maybe hurtful, <laughs> uh, that, you know, it, it's a bummer that you kind of like start to move on into this next generation of Canucks hockey. And some guys mm -hmm. inevitably kind of get left in the dust. Some guys who were there during these years. And I do think like, to your point, that can be a huge motivator for somebody, especially not even knowing that they didn't, he didn't get qualified by his hometown team, but to know that when, it, you know, the difficult decisions started to come as the Canucks moved into a contending team that he's got kind of left behind too. Yeah. Not, not only that, but you look at the Canucks defense right now, we've got three NHL caliber defensemen. Like this is part of why people are mad. It's like Troy is a perfectly good on this team, probably a perfectly good third pairing. And even top four, he's, he'd be an okay top four on this team. And now the Canucks defensive core is uh, incomplete, to say the least. <laughs> well, yeah, you guys lost uh, Chris Tanev as well. I believe yeah. he went to the Calgary. Flames. Yeah, which is uh, a whole nother thing. It's and Markstrom, kind of uh, building up that uh, Vancouver East or something like that. You know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, with Troy Stetcher, where are some of his weaknesses, uh, maybe as a defender uh, or even in his offensive game? I know you said he really wasn't much uh, of an offensive defenseman to begin with, but I guess just an all-encompassing. Yeah, offensively, that's that's clearly not his strong suit. He's smaller. So if you're looking for a big body to clear guys out in front of the net, that's not the guy he is. But he's smart, and he watches a ton of great game tape, by all accounts. And so, you know, that makes up for it. Um, it's really the size and the offense that's going to hold him back, He's which is why he's not, I would say, he's not a top-end um, top four defensemen, but on a team like the Red Wings, he would, he's going to fit in just fine. Um, I mentioned earlier that he's a really good penalty killer. Um, that's something that's developed. And for whatever reason, I think Travis Green just never really trusted Troy. There's, I don't really have an explanation for it. Um, for the last three seasons, he has been amongst the lowest rate of unblocked shot attempts while shorthanded. Um, lowest rate of scoring chances against. And so it really, it, honestly, I couldn't tell you what went wrong there, but he has just never been able to kind of start off with the minutes that he earns by the end of the season. It is kind of confusing, like why that uh, would transpire like that, especially like if he comes in every year and then by the end of the year, he's got those, those minutes up. Now, what, uh, I mean, what, what was his most prominent role 
that he played in Vancouver. And I know you've talked a little bit about how uh, kind of at the beginning of his career, that was when the uh, Canucks decor was completely depleted and they were kind of coming out of that, like Henrik Daniel Sedin era and stuff like that. What was the most prominent role that he played during his time in Vancouver? And how did he handle like the extra spotlight, uh, the, the extra minutes, the extra uh, responsibility out on the ice? I would say about two seasons ago, like the 2017, 2018 season, by the end of that season, he was playing, I think, minutes just behind Alex Edler. Mm. So, you know, that's quite a lot for, for the Canucks. Um, he handled it well. He actually, you know, I think at the end of that season, people were saying he looks like he could be a solid top four defenseman. And then the season after started right back at six minutes a game. Um, <laughs> So he handles that well in terms of extra spotlight. I don't know if you heard the story, but his father passed away right before play-ins this year. Um, Game one against the Blues, he scores the game-winning goal and it was a super emotional moment. Mm -hmm. He scored two game-winning goals in the series against the Blues. And so, you know, he's a guy who, he's not super offensive, like I said, regularly, but because he is so committed and such a passionate player, he he has a tendency to come up big in big moments. Mm. Um, So... You know, I think he handles the spotlight super well. Not a lot of big moments for the Red Wings these days. Maybe he can make like the the four to one game a nice respectable four to two with that goal with like three minutes left. You know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. You can find her on Twitter at Samantha CP underscore. Uh, where else can people find you and your work and, and what else you guys got going on these days? Um. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I You can find my podcast at Area 51 Hockey and then also at Broadcast Pod, which is a little bit of a different all-women-run podcast. Um, one, one other plug for Troy. Uh, he has a dog that Canucks fans love. Her name is Phoebe. She has we her own Instagram. She has her own Instagram account, Phoebe the Bernice. And she is, <laughs> we ran a Canucks top doggo contest earlier this year and she came in second and it was considered a huge upset really so getting a good dog uh bo horvat's dog oh okay yeah. what was that what was that name sometimes gus. i feel like the name oh gus yeah all right yeah. well there we go phoebe should have won <laughs> well sam thank you so much uh love the podcast uh go check it out broadcast podcast area 51 hockey uh and just give her a follow on twitter she's commenting on all things nhl uh some very very level-headed takes on the vancouver golden or the vegas golden knights uh as of late and how they've been clearing cap space i was reading some of those last night and you were pretty on point so uh thanks so much for joining us hope to talk to you again soon and good luck with everything you guys got going on over in vancouver thanks so much Nolan.